This is Brad with the Tecmo Bowl versus RBI Baseball podcast. Today we're going to be recapping the 2019 Omaha-Nebraska original Tecmo Bowl tournament. So today I'm going to be joined by our 2019 Tecmo Bowl champion, Ben Schwartz, who in his third crack at it, took home the championship. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. I, haven't, I don't think I've seen you since the tournament, so it's good to catch up with you, buddy. It's hard, it's hard to believe it's already been a couple of months since it happened. Just this last weekend, I don't know if this will date the conversation here, but um, my buddy Eric, who came to the tournament with me in March, uh, he and I went to Omaha for the Big Ten Championship Baseball game. And so we were, uh, on the drive up, we were talking about the tournament, what a great time it was, and looking forward to it next year. You know, ironically enough, Eric was a guy that was just going to be a spectator, and we really had to talk him into playing, and then he got sixth place. Really put it on some people. I was impressed with his, with his play for somebody that probably hadn't played in forever and just showed up. Yeah, like he was big into NES sports games back in the day. Like, Lades of Steel was a favorite for him, RBI, Tecmo Bowl. So that's something he and I have always had in common. Well, I'm glad he was there because helped our turn out a little bit, and it was another quality player. So before we get into a lot of the meat of the discussion, I just kind of want to run through a couple of the, the, the primary details of this uh, annual tournament we have in Omaha. So this year, in 2019, we had players from seven different states, Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, and Arkansas. Um, and in previous years, we've had a couple Canadian players uh, come down from the Toronto area. So we've been getting a nice draw from around the Midwest, and, and the, the Canadians are some buddies of mine, which we go way back. If you're interested in looking into our tournament, it's, a, uh, it's basically a four-hour event. You're going to have a, a round of group play where you're going to play three games. We're going to seed everybody in this tournament, and then from there, uh, the elimination stages, we go at it. And then as uh, when you get to the round of 16, if you lose, you're going to play additional games to place 9th through 16th. If you lose in the round of eight, you're going to play for fifth through eighth place. So pretty much everybody that comes to the tournament, if, if you're competent, if you're a decent player and get to that round of 16, you're going to have a good three hour and some change experience. You can find us uh, on Twitter at Tecmo Bowl versus RBI, Facebook, Tecmo Bowl versus RBI. Um, you can even go to our website, TecmoBowlNES.com. So, all right, I'm done plugging. Let's uh, let's talk about the tournaments. <laughs> that's fine yeah well just there's always these people from out of state and they're interested but they just because it's a long distance travel or they might have to fly they're not really ready to pull the trigger and they don't understand the scope of and the spectrum of the tournament so we like to let them know hey it's a big time long gaming experience yeah it's it's definitely worth making the the trip out in my opinion it was a really i think uh i think it went well for for everyone involved, because everyone got to play pretty much all day. So, yep, that's kind of the, the beauty of the format that we've kind of moved into is um, we try to make it so those guys that aren't so good or if they're, they're inexperienced, they're going to play a lot of games, and it pretty much guarantees that most everybody's going to get a win. Um, you know, we have a few players that really struggle, but um, they're just there for the fun. So, 
Well, Ben, you are 19 and two all time in three Omaha tournaments. Um, you got a fifth place, third place, and now first place on your resume. So, talk a little bit about your experiences on the day. I guess uh, I kind of felt just in general throughout uh, group play, and then through the first the quarters, through the round of eight, maybe I had a, a pretty a pretty soft go of it. Right, I played a. Uh, uh, Bridges, who ended up winning the RBI tournament, and he he played me pretty tough. That was a New York San Francisco matchup, and I actually I kind of relented on him. He told me that he wanted to be the New York defense, and I just I gave him player one, and that ended up being a pretty tough combination because Bridges <laughs> he knows he knows what he's doing. He's definitely got some game and. I ended up winning that one by a couple of scores, but it really came down to a couple of things that happened and kind of broken my my favor. But I got out of that one with a win. And other than that, I didn't really get pushed until I rolled into the semifinals against Mort. That game, that game is actually one I've been thinking about for months. You, game planning and practicing oh. strategies for that specific matchup. I didn't play Mort. I didn't play Mort in 2018 in the tournament. But we played the night before uh, at your house, as it were, and he really gave me the business. And what <laughs> the problem I had was uh, running with the quarterback, which is not something I'd ever really run into before. Uh, you don't really do it. Mercy doesn't do it. And completely unprepared for that. And I knew coming into the 2019 tournament that I needed to have some sort of plan. I've told people talking about the tournament that this was the year where I caught pretty much every break I needed or wanted. Uh, against Mort, I really wanted to be able to call the matchup. I needed to win that coin toss, and I did. And so what I called was a Washington-Los Angeles matchup. And the reason I called that is those two teams, you can effectively defend the run without ever having to actually call a run play. And so my thinking was, if I just got into a situation where I could call nothing but pass, oh, yeah. I won't have to worry about quarterback running so much. And it, it worked out really well in the first half. In the second half, Mort started to figure figure some stuff out and move the ball on me a little bit. It was 3 nothing at, at the end of the half in my favor. He got down into my red zone, threw an unexpected pick to Daryl Green, I turned right around and threw a pick right back to him, still in the red zone. And then he threw uh, a miracle interception, as far as I'm concerned. Again, Daryl Green must have really wanted to play for me that day because he picked it off in the end zone. And I was able to, to ride it out and, and get the win in, in that game. But that was, like, after that happened, I was satisfied with the experience because I've been <laughs> thinking about that game specifically for months. That almost backfired on you. I mean, if you know, I know you talked about what matchups you wanted to do against Mort, and Mort is is one of the best Tecmo Super Bowl players on the planet. And he comes to our Tecmo Bowl tournament, and he just brings that game. It's he's a, he's a scary dude to play. When the ball snaps, he does all the things that you and Mersey do that make make you guys so tough to play. He's maybe a little conservative for his own. For his own good, offensively, yeah, that def- would be mm-hmm. that would be really the only the only knock on him. But you know, he's one of those guys when he's playing pass defense, 
he knows where to put his guy so that I feel like no matter where I throw the ball, he's got a chance at the end there. You know, and that's every time. And eventually, you know, you're going to make a mistake. And I did. I turned the ball over in my own red zone, ended up uh, lucking out and uh, escaping uh, with another interception. Mort is a very technically strong player. And what happened on those picks he threw in your red zone? You jumped the receiver going deep. He was L.A. And I don't think what he noticed was that there was a computer-controlled defender also on that receiver. So when you okay. when you rolled off and came back up for the quarterback run, I don't think he recognized that. And so that's why he threw those, those two picks because they were identical. But, man, when he got down there, I said, uh-oh, I think Ben's in trouble. And then... When he threw the pick, and then but you, I was in trouble. When you, when you, <laughs> that was me. yeah, when he, I th- was in a lot. Of yeah, trouble. when, uh, when he threw the pick, and then it backed up inside your five. You threw the pick. Mort ain't screwing this up again. Like there, he's at least gonna tie this or score, and Mort's gonna be in the championship for the. And he would have been if he would have won. He would have been in the championship game for the second year in a row here in Omaha. And Tecmo Bowl isn't even, I mean, he's a Tecmo Super Bowl player, so Tecmo's kind of his second second game. So that was one that you, that you really snuck out with. Well, you know, we can we can talk about breaks here in a, in a little bit. I had a few more thoughts on the, the Washington-LA matchup. I just said, we're going to get into the weeds in it. There's a few more, few more things I wanted to throw out about it. I thought for a long time about what kind of matchup to call and it's not you know mort was the specific person but really this was kind of the strategy for anyone i knew who was going to try and run with the quarterback a lot uh-huh. right so if, they, if there was someone at the tournament and they were doing that i would have employed maybe not this specific matchup because it was the one i had the most confidence in and i might have saved it for a big moment but i started with the thought that the priority should be for me to have the better running game or try and mitigate how much the run can hurt me. And then I, I just kept going with that thought. It's like, well, why don't I just, you know, call a matchup that pretty much just takes the run game out. that <laughs> 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 just removes it. And I, I arrived upon the, the LA Washington matchup and the Washington defense stacked up about as well against LA specifically yes. against any team uh, better than any team except New York because Carl Banks is such a monster. But Washington has Wilbur Marshall, who's the second-best top outside linebacker, which is a key position to defending L.A., the key position. But then they, you've got Dexter Manley, who's one of the best top defensive ends in the game, maybe the best. So when Mort was getting a little comfortable calling Bo Jackson plays, I would switch to a, to a Bo call, and I would be Dexter. And then in the second half, especially when he kind of figured out that I was calling pass one all the time and started working pass two, uh, and I started working in pass two calls, and then I would be Charles Mann yes. in those instances, yep. which would allow me to run down Bo if I had to. And if he had called a Marcus Allen run, you know, Marcus is a good back uh, in his own right, but that play takes so long to develop, I felt like I could not get hurt too badly as long as I didn't get blown up. Sometimes Bo comes out of nowhere and he'll lay you out. Bo will, um, sometimes he will go as a blocker and seek out two and three defenders 
he like once in a while he just goes nuts and starts popcorn and people as a blocker so there's always the risk that that's going to happen on that Marcus Allen run too. Well, so and that was that was a risk I was taking. I don't think I got called. I don't think I got caught in a Marcus Allen run. I think it worked out. Now I did get caught in some pass one calls when I was in pass two defense, and Mart was able to move the ball on me and get into position to potentially take the lead. But as far as defensive strategies go. That's about as good as I've ever come up with, right? Oh yeah. So that's that's why I, that's why I went with the uh, the Washington LA matchup, and I would have been fairly confident taking either one of those teams. The Washington offense sucks, so I would have just played a lot of top outside linebacker and called pass if I if I'd ended up with uh, the LA defense, which is no great shape anyway. Yeah. Know, it's not like I'm. The advantage you would have had if you were L.A. is Mort hasn't played probably against L.A. a lot. So he knows about the blocking schemes kind of wacky for L.A. And so I think he would he would know how to exploit that. But he wouldn't know all the the twists and turns with the play calls and the, and the kind of the different schemes to throw out there. So I think generally you might have had more success if you were L.A. in that matchup. So it. With you being Washington, I think that actually worked into Mort's favor. It could, you know, it could be. I felt real good about the Washington defense, and ultimately they came through for me. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it worked out. But I mean, you could you could be right. LA definitely, even with the the huge flaws that their offense has, it, they're still so much so much easier to play with than Washington. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I was finally able to. It was right before the end of the first half. Was able to get in the field goal position and, and bang one through on them to to take the lead. But golly, I'm, most drives didn't even record a first down. Just three yeah. and out punt. That's okay. Three and out. No, that's fine. So, field position, baby. <laughs> Defense yeah, and field that's, position. And that's a, that's a Washington game. I remember watching in the first half, or maybe it was like third quarter, and you were sitting on the, what is it, the pass two call a lot against L.A., and I remember I could see the light starting to go on in Mort's head. Like, I got to take Schrader and run away from from your your controlled player coverage when he would go in the other pass play. So I just remember kind of like leaning into Nate and saying, Mort's starting to figure out what he's supposed to do against this pass coverage he's seeing. And so Ben's going to have to make some adjustments now. Early on, it was pretty much nothing but pass one calls, right? Pass yeah. one and then bow to try and catch him in play picks, and it worked really well, right? He yep. got he had nothing for me in the first half, but as you say, in the second half, he started realizing that if he roll, if he called pass two, that's not what I was calling. The passing options aren't great because Tim Brown is covered on the deep route, mm-hmm. but Moore figured out that if he rolled to the bottom of the screen. I'd have to stay up top to try and cover Marcus Allen and Todd Christensen, which they both kind of stand in the same spot, but then Mort was able to hurt me a little bit running with the quarterback. And then, you know, he also was able to, to fit some nice passes in there too and work the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. So Mort was too good a player for me to just call pass one the whole game and win that game. Yeah. Now that would have worked on some people at, at the tournament. That wasn't going to last forever against him. I had the plan, you know, be Charles Mann on pass two if I've got to call it. It worked out. I do remember Mort eventually having some success running bow against like Wilbur Marshall. He put some jukes on you 
yeah, at least a player or two. He really banged you for some big yards with Bo um, in, a, you know, in a yeah. spot where you're like, oh, I got Wilbur Marshall on player one. I got this. And then Bo would say, see ya. Well, I mean, Wilbur Marshall is, I think, I want to say, like, in terms of his player ratings, and it's been a while since I looked, but he's basically Rulon Jones in a different position. I think they're more or less the same guy. So he's a good player. But it's not like where you got Carl Banks, who's got 16 top speed uh-huh. and two initial speed, and it's just right there. Wilbur, uh, Wilbur, I think, just has one point of initial speed, and so he can be he can be shook a little yeah. more easily than uh, than Carl Banks can. So yeah, I got gashed on some bow runs for mm-hmm. sure. The thing with Wilbur, there's nothing you can really, there's nothing you can really do about that. Yeah, a, a very good juker. Oh yeah, he so, is. Wilbur Marshall's top speed is 14, so it's not great. He actually has a, a pretty good initial and acceleration. His first couple steps, he's like at 14 speed, but if you can put a move on him, he can't. His makeup speed isn't all that great because his top speed's 14, so so he can be had definitely. Yeah, and and he he was had. I mean, again, I just keep I I will come back to the fact that. We got the win. I'm pleased with the with how the defense, you know, how was how I was able to play with the defense. But there were definitely some real sketchy moments. Oh <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. That is for sure. No, it was a it was a really fun and entertaining game to watch. And Nate and I were on deck for it was, the. It was horrible to play, dude. Horrible. It was not a fun game. But you know, really, that's true. That's true of any tight game. It's not a lot of fun in the moment. It's fun when it's over. If you win. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. The if thing that Nate and I had to do was was our game was on deck, the other Final Four game. So we were kind of watching with a certain level of interest, but we were also mentally prepping for our Final Four game because we knew what we were going to have to do in the next 10, 15 minutes. We were going to have to go to battle. So didn't get to enjoy watching your game as much as I liked. I missed, I missed a lot of you and... Mercy's game. I was outside shooting the bull with Eric to try and stay calm. And, you know, I got I to gotta tell you what I wanted this year. Obviously, you want to win, but I, I figured a more realistic goal would be just a signature win. Yeah. So, like, against Mort, against Mers in a tournament, or against you. That's yeah. what I wanted. Just a win that I could hang my hat on. And then when I, I got that against Mort, I came into the championship game pretty relaxed, and Eric was a good buddy, and he was out chatting, chatting with me, and so I went into the championship game pretty, pretty calm, pretty collected for the situation. But the downside is I did miss most of you and Mercy's game. That was a game. Um, I won the coin toss and really wrestled on what to call against Nate. I've played Nate so many times; we know each other so well. And so I went a little curveball on him and, and went to Denver, Chicago. And uh, Nate just kind of looked at me like, dude, he he wasn't a fan of the call because uh, he knows that I really like Denver, but I also really like Chicago. So uh, he was a little bit of a quandary on what he wanted to do. And, and so he just uh, decided to take player one, which is home. And it was an interesting matchup because I'm either going to get Denver at home, which I really like, or I'm going to get a superpower in Chicago on the road, which is uh, easy to like as well. So I think that was a six six to three game, I believe I won. 
if I remember right. It was a clean game, no turnovers, no uh, no picks or anything. And probably what helped me most, Nate got a couple brutal spots. It was like third down and six plays. And Dorsett would, would bust off like a six-yard run right to the sticks, and they wouldn't give him the first down. And so... I think I think one time he he got inside the five and it was like fourth and half a pixel, and so he's like, man, you know, like I gotta get my points here. I gotta get points out of this, which, as you know, there's only a twenty five percent chance of of me stopping him on fourth and a megapixel. But Nate's fourth down percentage against me in hundreds of games is pretty poor, so he decided to take his three, <laughs> which was big. And then um, I think. Gentry had I don't think I took it to the house but I think Gentry had a real big kick return at least got me in field goal range and um and so it was just a grinded out just a brutal game that's I played Nate in two championship games which I won in Houston and Rochester Minnesota so this is my third time playing Nate Mers in a in a tournament game and and all three of these games have just been brutal so uh, that's what I had to go through to get to the championship and um I remember when I won that game, I was like, I'm back. And it, you seem to take umbrage with that. Like, you were like, you know, you got another game to win here or something like that. My reaction was like, dude, I know, but you can't win the championship if you're not in the championship game. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've won a slug of tournaments, Tecmo Bowl tournaments in a row. And I always kind of wondered, like, like last year when we played in that in that that round of eight game, it really stunk because we knew the winner was going to was gonna walk through the next game because we knew what the opponent was, and he wasn't that good. So we knew the winner yeah. in our round of eight was going to be in the championship game, and the loser, was gonna get, he was going to get fifth place. So um, that's just a brutal yeah. reality when you're like, dude, I'm either going to be playing for the all the marbles or I'm going to be in a fifth place game. To, to beat Nate there and just – you know, I'm back in the championship game. I got a shot to win another title. And, um, you know, that's all you can ask for, really. For sure. Yeah. In uh, uh, one of the things I was visiting just this weekend with uh, with Eric about was, you know, this year, 2019, I caught, I caught the breaks, right? And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But in 2018, I did not catch the breaks, right? On that day, in 2018, there were like 1.8, 1.9 million people in the state of Nebraska. I could have beaten any of them with my eyes closed, except for Mort, Mers, and you. And I got <laughs> you in the round of eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? That was, that is a tough draw. So I dreaded you know, that. I dreaded that game too. Cause I was like, dude, my, my run might end here in 2018 in the round of eight. And, that's a long drop from first place. So yeah, I get that. That was a that game last year between us. That was pretty epic. It was clean. There wasn't any picks. I think we both played really well. Yeah, it was and, a good game. Um, I I, uh, I had the ball with the chance to win in yeah. the fourth, which is where you, I mean that's where you want to be. That's mm-hmm. the spot you want to be in. Yeah, it's where I ended up this year. Yeah, you know, it just things worked out differently. That was that was what that was a Seattle. Indy matchup? Yeah. Seattle Indy? You were Seattle. Okay. I was Indy. Yep. I had been playing really well with Seattle that day, which I hadn't ever really played much with them before. So when you called that matchup, what I should have done was just take player one. But I've told you many times, I freaking hate 
playing against, you emerge with the indie offense. Oh, when you have indie. It's, I hate it. So I ended up going to Seattle. And, you know, it almost worked. I had a chance to win it. Yeah. So um, uh, our championship game, I uh, since I called a weird matchup against Nate, I called a, a equally strange matchup against you, which I, somehow I keep winning the dang the dang toss. Almost, it's so weird, but in these tournaments, we get down to the final four, and I always have to call the matchup. I was, and I'm just like, can somebody else do this for a change? So I mean, it's it's worked out. It's worked good for me. I've won multiple tournaments in a row and a buttload of games in a row, and my record in the final four is pretty insane. But so I went Indy Dallas. And I think the reason I like that is because if either offense you have, there's inherent advantages you have, regardless of which offensive team you have. Now, granted, the defenses aren't that great, but so uh, I liked my chances here. So in the Mort game, I had to win the coin toss, right? I had to because I wanted to control the matchup and I won the coin toss against you in the championship game. I had to be player one. That's what I wanted. So in order for that to happen, you had to win the coin toss. And regardless, unless you threw out, like, I don't know, if you pulled another, like, Denver-Chicago thing, I probably would have taken Chicago just because the prospect of playing against you where you're Chicago is just not appealing <laughs> at all. But uh, I didn't figure that you would. And so I was pretty sure no matter what the matchup was called, I was going to take player one. And that's what I ended up doing. And then lucked out again because I kind of figured, I mean, I had told you previously that I did not like playing against you with the indie offense, and so I figured you would hang me with the indie offense. I thought about it. But I ended, <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up getting, getting Dallas, which, I mean, the prospect of having to defend Eric Dickerson with Dallas's defense is <laughs> gross. <laughs> that is not a good situation to be in. But honestly, the... I've come to have a little better understanding of the Dallas offense in the past year. And Danny White sucks, but Herschel's a decent back. The playbook is good. And Indy's defense isn't too much better than Dallas's. Indy, in my opinion, is one of the weaker ones. There's certain matchups that Indy, if you get in with Denver and Seattle, those are matchups that you can get that trifecta defense. You know, your run two call, Bickett, everything aligns really good, but. There's a lot of teams the Indies defense does not uh, match up well with, and Dallas, eh, they, they definitely there's matchup issues there on Indies part. Well, I mean, the good thing about the Dallas defense is it doesn't really matter what you call, right? Like I call I called a bunch of different stuff <laughs> at, at different points in that game because I think your best guy is your top defensive end who has 14 speed, which isn't bad, but he has no initial speed. Yep. No one on that defense has any initial speed. And the safeties are terrible. So there's not a good option, but that also means there's not really an option that's any worse than anything else. So I did have a little bit of latitude in, in what I was able to call defensively. Now, if I had won the coin toss, my plan was to call, I would just pick New York. And my reasoning was the previous three times we had played as New York, I had beaten you where you were Miami, and then I'd lost twice in overtime. Now, for my standards, as far as playing you goes, that's about as good as it gets. So that's probably what I would have done. I would have 
gone with the the New York call? What would you have counterpicked with? Oh, in that situation, you really got to go with San Francisco. Yeah, that's um, what I figured. I mean, sh- you'd be player one San Francisco, and sh- that would have been a pretty shitty situation. Sh- Chicago's actually their defense. You know, if you do your your uh, your D tackle run protect with McMichael, they can just hammer New York's offense. Or yeah, New York's offense. But the Bears don't quite have the goods offensively for New York's defense. So you kind of have to just pick your battles there. What do you want to do? You want to shut down New York's offense better, or do you want to be able to at least move the ball down the field more effectively? Doesn't guarantee San Francisco is gonna gonna put up a couple touchdowns, but um, with San Francisco, sometimes you can really control the clock because you can keep you know your your quick dink and dunk stuff. So I don't know, but yeah, I, I would have definitely considered San Francisco or Chicago in that spot. Those are those are the only two teams I would consider. If I was feeling really crazy, I might go Denver, but most likely not. Yeah, maybe not in the championship. Nah, maybe, like, you know. Maybe, yeah, maybe horsing around or something. Yeah. That would, that would have been a bug pick for sure. Yeah. The thing that I've noticed, especially like Nate and I and a lot of our, you know, we've had these competitions and stuff. Denver and New York will play each other in these big games, and Denver slugs it out with them. In Chicago, it's a USA versus Canada event. Canadians had a Denver-New York championship game because the teams had advanced to the playoffs. And if I remember right, I think it was Derek. He had to like put some play picks together at the end of the game to hold Denver out of the end zone for winning. So whatever it is about that matchup, Denver can hang with New York. Well, Denver's a good team. Yeah, I mean they got a lot, got a lot going for them. Oh yeah, but yeah, I uh, my my logic was uh, I figured if I called New York, you'd be San Francisco. Yeah, most likely. Um, yeah. You know that's not appealing, but that's why I really wanted the burden on you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> to to have to call the matchup. Yeah, I know. Like you said, like you really want to be player one against me and. I've played so many big games as player two, championship games, final four games. Um, you know, I've been in eight tournaments now, so that's 16 final four games. And player two is where you make your money. That's if you can, to your inexperienced guys out there listening, like you got to be good as player two. You got to be able to go from right to left in big games against big, bad teams and big, bad players. And so, you know, why I'd like to be player one. Every game, there's games where you got to be player two. So that's that's where you really got to ratchet up and and be ready to rock and roll. Well, we should probably hop into some of our championship game discussion here with Indy and Dallas. Uh, yeah. You know, I gotta. I'm, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. A lot, of, a lot of that game is a blur. Like I, I remember my game against Mort pretty well, but the championship game, I kind of zoned out for a while. And, you know, again, started off real relaxed because I'd done already what I came to do. And now I was in the position to win the whole thing. But even if I didn't, I'd still, you know, would be able to go home feeling pretty good about myself and feeling like I hadn't been wasting my time for the last three years. (laughs) You know, playing playing competitive techno. But it was towards the uh, end of the first half where I realized that you hadn't, put me away and I, I kind of realized that with this matchup these teams I, I don't think either one of us is going to be able to put the other one away 
these teams just aren't that way. That's not the kind of teams they are. So that's when my intensity and also my, my anxiety shot through the roof. <laughs> we were approaching the end of the first half going into the second, and I started to realize, hey, I, I can win this thing. It ain't over yet. I don't even remember what the score was at halftime. It was either 3-3 or 6-3 I had the lead. In the first half, I had a, I had the ball around midfield, and um, you know this has happened to me, well, to my benefit before. So I, I was on the other end of this. I played Nate in a championship game in Minnesota, and he accidentally bumped the pass button when he had somebody else open, and I did that through this pick, like right at midfield or something, and then I think I threw a second pick, which was an out of character. Because it's rare I throw one pick with Indy, so to throw two in a game is, is pretty nuts. But I just wasn't on offensively sharp as I needed to be. And you weren't really tearing it up in the first half, but you weren't making mistakes. You were kind of moving the ball a little bit and, and you know, kind of keeping field position things even. So we were, we were locked in a tight one. And uh, can't really explain why I was a little off, but... Um, yeah, I wasn't able to separate. I had opportunities, so that was kind of the first half, and it was three-three, or rather, maybe I got my field goal in the third quarter, make it six-three. I don't recall. Yeah, it was like my my memory kind of picks back up, and I will also note that it's boosted by the fact that I've watched the fourth quarter several times. It yeah. was streamed, so I've watched it on YouTube, and I have a you know a, a pretty good under that fourth quarter was insane. That's all. That's all there is to it, and I I mean I might just do just a, a rundown of what it was from my from my perspective oh, yeah. or unless if you want to if you want to give yours I'm, I'm up for whatever but i have i've thought about that fourth quarter a lot i want to say it started off where you had the ball to start the fourth and i've been i mean i, I had played well with the dallas defense i had played extremely well up to that point and i forced a fourth down right and you were not quite in field goal range Fourth and one. Yep. Yep. I was. I was at so, like the forties, like right on the edge of field goal range. Like I, I maybe could have made that, but it was going to be a perfect kick to make that. Perfect, hundred percent. And so I didn't like my. Yeah, yeah. And I was player two, so you, um, as player two, your field goal doesn't travel quite as long as player one. So it was a di- It was way too dicey. So I'm like, it's fourth and one. I got freaking Indy's tank of an offense. Let's get some yards. And let's kick the the game to the field goal to separate. So, um, was my thought. Well, and it, yeah, like I, I I would have played it the same way if I was in your mm-hmm. position. I would have gone for it. Yeah. So, you go for it and you call pass one. And I don't remember what I called to be honest with you. I probably had called the run. You were in a you were Bo- Matt Boza was open deep. So you were in a run call. Off the top of my head, I can't tell you which one it would be, but. There was a lot going on in that play <laughs> because, well, when I snapped the ball, my, my first read is Matt Boza open, and he was, and I'm really not paying attention to you, so I'm thinking, and Dickerson was taking a while to get on his wheel route, but at the same time, I got the bottom defensive end coming free at me, so I'm like, ah, crap. I was afraid to go down and try to grapple him and throw him because sometimes he'll dive, but at the same point... yeah. Pat Beach was open in the flat at the bottom, but there was a, he was like right at the at the first down marker, but there was a drone sitting right there. 
So if I threw to him, I'm going to have to grapple to get the first down. So I had to like run my quarterback down a little ways to get that defender to move away from Pat Beach. But at the same time, there's this free rushing DN coming at me. And so I got all these pieces moving in the bottom part of the field. You get stuck in no man's land in the middle. And I got Matt Boza like going deep downfield, but I got too much crap going on <laughs> trying to move this drone that I can't process it to throw to him. So anyways, I got the first down. So it's, it's uh first, first down and 10 and I'm at like the 43 yard line. Yeah. A minute or so left a minute and- uh, from my perspective on, on that play. Uh, knew as soon as the ball was snapped that I was going to surrender the first down. Okay. It was just a matter of how bad it was going to get. And so I initially moved up to Boza to take away the deep route. And then I, at that point, I kind of lost track of, of what you were doing, but I saw that Dickerson was breaking into the flat. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just remember thinking that if Dickerson gets the ball, he could end this game right now. He's a you know, G- yeah. The, the potential for a four, for a forty yard score is there. It's unlikely, but it's there. If he catches, if uh, when Dickerson gets that ball in the middle of the field, and you have a slow defender, and he can juke up, he can juke down. He's not quartered in in the bottom corner. You know, like how Walter Payton on his when Walter Payton catches that ball, he's he's trapped by the sideline. But where Dickerson's yeah. dangerous is he catches that ball in the middle of the field, and he can juke you out of your jock strap. He can go down. He can go up. And I mean, he might not score, but he might blast you for 20 yards on that play. Yeah. So I then moved to Dickerson, but I mean, the, I think I might have been Francis. Yeah, I think uh, so. Ron Francis, the top safety on that play. Mm-hmm. I think I called bunk bed now that I think about it. I was, if I called run and I was a safety, I called bunk bed. So, so anyway. then run one. Uh, yeah. Okay, that sounds right. I moved towards Dickerson, but the safety is so slow that, as you say, basically I'm stuck in a swamp, <laughs> unable to cover either of the guys, right? And I knew uh, Buza was was deep. Again, probably wouldn't have scored, but it would have been a huge play. But you you uh, took the check down to Beach, and he, and he got the, the first down. Uh, if you'd gone with either one of the other two, you almost certainly would have won the game. That was the game right there. And then there's like five more times after that where it was the game. Yeah. But that was the first one. Yeah. Right. Going to going to to beach instead of over the top or yeah. Dickerson over the middle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, in that spot, like I just there was too many drone defenders that I was negotiating with at that time. And so like in hindsight, you know, had I rolled up away from that D end, you know, I could have done something different, but um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, here's here's the deal. You've got the first down, so you've got a fresh set. At this point, you know, all you really needed to do was gain about five yards and then a field goal was practically a guarantee. Yes. <laughs> you know, for NFL games they do win probability and it changes as the game progresses after you got that first down your win probability had to be in the mid 90s i mean it was almost a certainty but three straight play picks yes that (laughs) yeah i mean 
you know, if I if I never catch a, another heater again in my life, it's probably because I used it up right there. <laughs> and then three, three straight play picks. Yeah. Which not only you didn't gain a yard, I lost so yards. You weren't in field. You weren't in field goal range. So you, you had to punt it to me. Yeah. And it was a, a great, great punt. I think I got about a five yard return. Got the ball at like the fourteen mm-hmm. with. A minute or so left. A minute and some change. Plenty of time. Plenty of time to get it done. Yeah. Well, uh, it, and then the my drive started off terribly. <laughs> um, I, I ended up in a fourth and certainly not short situation. It was like situation. fourth was, and six, yeah. So I was one play yeah. away. If I get you there, it's three Dickerson runs, and I'm probably punting. <laughs> just, just to not give up a kick return <laughs> touchdown. So... Uh, would be the safe so play hit, there. I hit a um, really risky pass, but it's about all I could do to the bottom receiver. But it was on uh, that's pass one, right? Well, you went shotgun on on you went shotgun on that fourth and uh, five mm-hmm. or six. And if I remember mm-hmm. right, I remember. I don't think I did. I think I went, or maybe it was another play where I threw a real risky pass, but it paid off when I got. Well, there down. was a play where I almost got a pick with Bickett on the bottom receiver. Somewhere in that drive, so that's probably later. But yeah, on that fourth down play, oh, that was that was early. The one where okay. I I threw into a window that was just barely open and uh, ended up getting the first down. And yeah. then I think after that is when you ended up forcing me into a, a fourth. Yeah, I which guess, I yeah. which I convert which mm-hmm. I converted. Yep. And that's when I think my first play right after that I got play picked. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those. And then I called. Uh, Herschel run to the bottom of the screen and you were cycling through your defenders and I was like I was trying to send just project out into the universe for whatever good it would do pick Bicket, be Bicket, be Bicket, <laughs> and you, you you landed on Bicket, and you must have called pass because I didn't get swarmed yeah so <clears throat> Uh, ran it right at you. Was able to evade you long enough to have uh, that bottom receiver pick you up on yep. the block, mm-hmm. and then Herschel was Herschel was off to off to the races. Oh, Went yeah. from midfield down to inside the twenty. It was a big run, twenty some yards, thirty oh, yards. Yeah, huge. That's yeah. that's the biggest play of my techno career by yeah. a mile. So when when he breaks in, into the open, you know at that point. Every you know, everyone was watching and, and shouting, and again, I was like a, you know, on a scale of one to ten, I was at like a twelve or a thirteen. At, the, at that point, I was bug-eyed, I was breathing heavy, but I knew, I like I, when Herschel busted off that run, I was like, I'm gonna win this game. What I can't speak for you, but from my perspective, for these next two plays was what I figured you would think I would do would be to play conservative and go with the run again. So I decided to call the shotgun play and cycled all the way through the receivers and ended up coming back to Renfro up top <clears throat> through just a, a little move on you at about the five and got another yard or two. And I want to say that there was, I don't know, 14, 15 seconds left. I had time for a couple more plays oh, yeah. and could always kick the field goal to tie it. So I was in great shape. Called the shotgun play again. My plan was to roll to the bottom with White. I think it was at the three. 
either run it in with him or throw to Herschel, right? That's that's what I was going to do. And if that hadn't worked, I might have just kicked the field goal and taken my chance in OT. But as it was, uh, I rolled to the bottom. You're on Herschel initially. You realize I'm going to try and run in with the quarterback. So you come toward White, and I just dump it right over the top to Herschel for the what proved to be what proved to be the the game winner. Oh yeah, there was uh like 10, 12 seconds to go when that happened, and dude, there was a pop from the crowd. <laughs> there, <laughs> a lot of people were rooting against me for some reason. I don't know why. Well, see, Brent, you're an, you're an awesome guy. You're one of the nicest guys in the whole world, but you're also a Terminator when it comes to Tecmo Bowl. And everybody wants to see the Terminator lose, right? Yeah. Like, everyone wants to see Sarah Connor say, you're terminated, and yeah. hit the button and crunch the Terminator, right? Uh, yeah. That's what everyone wants to see. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that's why there was that's why there was a pop oh, in the yeah. crowd. I'll but, give you... I'll give you one guess who was not amused by people cheering against me. Just take a guess who that was. Well, I would have to say your lovely wife. <laughs> uh, she, she's still <laughs> learning the dynamics of sports and competition. Um, and she was not pleased that a group of a dozen or so people were vehemently cheering against me. So uh, that's going to stick with me. <laughs> Despite losing this championship game, that will always crack me up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, she's a she's a great human being and a good woman, and you know, like I can I can see where she's coming from because you work your butt off to put this this thing on every year. And in that moment, I wasn't thinking about that. In that moment, I was thinking about winning, yeah. you know. And then when when it happened, it was uh, it was just a really bizarre. It was all it was like a relief, right? It yeah. was like a a mission accomplished. Land on the aircraft carrier and give the speech. You know, what we've been working toward has been accomplished. You know, it, it's nothing. I didn't, it certainly wasn't any sort of personal. No, record. no, no. It, Everyone knows it. And as soon as the game was over, somebody was like, hey, uh, give Brett a round of applause for this awesome tournament he just put on. Like, I think, like, they kind of knew, like, uh, we just, we all but booed this guy and he just put on. <laughs> you know, so, like, they were all like, Sorry, dude. You know, like nobody said that, but you could tell, like, it was funny, dude. It was very funny. Well, what I might compare it to is many, 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 many years ago, I went out to visit a friend who was going to college in Boston, right? And it was WrestleMania. So we went to a Hooters in Boston and we watched WrestleMania. And I did not then, and I still don't really give much of a shit about wrestling. But there was. Uh, a match between Hulk Hogan and The Rock, right? And it was so exciting and so much fun that even though I had never really cared about wrestling, I really got into it. And I really wanted Hogan to pull that one out, right? Yeah. So I think it was just it was just a matter of, you know, seeing everyone knows what the deal is, right? Everyone knows you're the man. Everyone knows that you're the best tech mobile player in the world. So when it looks like man might go down, that's an exciting thing to see. You know, <laughs> yeah. like if it had been you and Murs yeah. playing and Mersey's on the drive oh, yeah. to same thing. Get the win. You know, it just you know, you want to see something incredible. Yeah. And Brad Bell losing in the final, I think counts as incredible. Maybe unfortunate would be the term, but hell. You gotta pay the cost to be the boss. Nate sent me like a really nice 
DM on Facebook or whatever the day after, and he's like, you know, all those people that were cheering against you, they know you pretty well, and they really respect you and all, and he's like, you've gone to this level of play in Tech Mobile where you're at like the level of the New York Yankees and Tom Brady, and people just can't help but root against you because they want to see something different. So, uh, I, yeah. yeah, I appreciated that. So, uh, but like I said, I thought it was, it was funny. And, um, that was one of my first thoughts was, uh, wife isn't going to like this. Cause she's, <laughs> I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't care in Des Moines, 2016, the tournament we held there, I had like nine, 10 people that were either playing that were my friends or friends coming to watch the tournament or like Nate had some spectators. So when I played Aaron in the championship game, it was a reverse role. I had quite the cheering section. So when I had bust off a 12 yard play, there was kind of a pop from the audience. So, so I've been on both sides and it's fine, whatever. I was pleased to get to back to the championship game. You know, I didn't play that well offensively. I threw a couple just out of character picks and, so even I didn't play that well, I was right in at the end. I was I was a play here and a play there from winning and and um credit to you, you played the perfect game offensively. Definitely played and you put yourself in a position at the end to win the game and which you did. In my experiences and all the championships I've won, most all of them I've had to play perfect offensively and somewhere during the game my opponent throws a pick or he makes a mistake or there's a, a pivotal play where I make the right call or I'm in the right defense or I'm the right defender, you know, or there's always two or three of those plays during the course of a game where you look back and you're like, man, if I didn't do that, who knows what would have happened. So your script was the same for what I've had to do in a lot of my championship wins. It was play flawless and um, eventually something will happen in your favor. Yeah. And I, Again, the, the theme for the day for me was just I, I got the breaks. Now, breaks, breaks come to people who put themselves in a good position. Yes. That's, for, that's first and foremost. I, yes. I, I believe that 100%. Because yeah. you've worked so your book. I, I played well all day. And I played, that's the best, that's the best game of Tecmo I've ever played in my life, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, you've worked. Just the, just the defensive effort alone. Uh, especially in your capable hands, Indy Indy's offense is a bear. They're not they're not the the type of offense that's going to hang you know thirty or forty yard plays on you, but boy, they are hard to get off the field. Yeah. So and, and hard to keep and hard to keep off the scoreboard too. Yeah. I mean, they almost always walk away with points. Well, those couple picks I threw. I mean, those were those. You know, Indy just tanks on down the field and they kick a lot of field goals. And so, you know, not only are you retaining possession, but it's getting your offense on the field. You know, it's stressing my defense because there's only so much you can do to to shut down an opponent. But, um, yeah, definitely when those drives when I'm at the 50 and I'm throwing picks and I'm not coming away with points, that's so detrimental. Just you can't do that. Yeah, it's uh, I needed things to to go a certain way, and that's the way they went. Yeah, I guess I suppose that's that's about all I all I have to say about it. I'm really looking forward to you know as long as these as long as there's an Omaha Tech Mobile tournament, I will play in it if I can. I've played in three out of the four, but you know I'll always be I'll always be the 2019 champ 
Yes. I'll always be the first guy to beat Brad Bell in a championship game. Uh, always be the first non-Brad Bell <laughs> <laughs> Omaha Tech Mobile champion. Something I've thought about a lot since the tournament. You know, when I came out for the first one in 2016, I came with uh, with my I was living in Lexington at the time, and we had corresponded on the internet, but didn't uh, know you. Didn't know you from Adam. <laughs> so I showed up at Beercade with my buddy Wes, who didn't play, and then my friend Brandon, who did. Uh, he's participated in a couple of these things, and ended up losing to you in the semis, I think, and ended up in, yeah. uh, in third four. place. Yeah, third place. So the. And then, you know, after that, you and I started corresponding, not just on the internet, but in real life. We hung out. Our kids have hung out as well. And more important than any Tecmo Bowl trophy, which is in my living room as we speak, but way more important than the trophy is the friendship I found with you and Mersey and Gina and Richie. I got to mention our good friend Richie Smith, who's played in, what, three tournaments now? I think so. Yeah, three. Yeah, you know, and Richie is probably might be the person I've played most because we've gotten together uh, away from you and Murs and played multiple times. So the friendship I found with this group of people means a lot more to me than the trophy does. The trophy is nice. The trophy's nice, right? Yeah. Some things, some things are a lot more important than what you can display prominently in your living room over the objections of your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Murs might disagree with that, but... <laughs> Mer- you know, as a, on Murs, uh, let's, let's talk about Mersey here real quickly. I have seen Murs do some incredible things on Tech Mobile. I have seen him, I have seen him beat you in a Washington-Seattle matchup <laughs> where he was Washington, and I, I can personally attest that you are a nightmare to play when you are Seattle, right? Like you have smashed my soul to pieces with heartbreaking losses where you were Seattle. So that's amazing that he was able to do that. <laughs> and the week before this tournament, when I came out to Omaha to get some warm-up games in, Mercy gave me the worst whooping probably of my life, right? When you when you factor everything in, the first handful of times that I played you, those were all massacres, right? But I was still learning yeah, at that yeah. point. At, when I played MERS the week before the tournament, I was supposedly a pretty good Tecmo Bowl player. And it was like 28-3. <laughs> to three. He brutalized me. <laughs> brutalized me. Oh. Uh, I don't remember what team I was, but he was Miami, and he just he threw all over me. And yeah. I couldn't do, it seemed like he was play-picking 75% <laughs> of my plays. Oh. So Nate Mertens is one of the very best Tecmo Bowl players in the whole world. And one of these days, he's going to be the one getting those those meaty paws on the trophy. Yeah, he's been to six tournaments. He's finished second place twice, third place once, fourth place twice, and fifth place. So he's like always in the top four. Um, there's uh, teams that he's just incredible with. But yeah, I was shocked at how bad. He, I think it, he was Miami and you were Denver, and he just stomped the crap out of you. And I was like, like I was, yeah. I think I, I don't know what I was doing, but I didn't. Really, I came in and it was halftime, and I'm like, what's going on here? Like the, those are the games that Murs will just unload. Like he blows me out sometimes, and it's just ugly. So he's, but when he's, when he's in a groove offensively, mm-hmm. chucking the rock. 
he it's uh it is a terrible thing yeah. to be on the other end of that so he it's, is he's a championship caliber no yeah he's and and Murs privately like between me and him like we've done tournaments and competitions and he's won those but he just has not he's been at six public tournaments and he's never won one he's never got to host the trophy and get his picture on social media but he owns so many big wins against me and you know we did a we did a best of seven once and each matchup was different and I got up three games to nothing and I'm just kind of embarrassing him and he swept me out of his house Four games in a row. <laughs> the last game, like it was over at halftime. Yankees, Red Sox, what was that? 04, 05? 04. Like, 04. Yeah, yeah, like it just, it went like that. Like all of a sudden he won a couple tight games and then, the you know, the next game was bigger and then the clincher game seven was just, dude, it was like over at halftime. <laughs> He's... People will will look at his finishes and just be like, "Oh, he's he's not a closer, and he can't, you know." And it's like the the narrative with sports media, like everybody's a choker, and it's always an indictment, and you're a fraud, and all this crap. I hate that so much because I mean, <laughs> there is there's a razor thin separation between Nate and I with with what I've done at all these tournaments, with winning all these championships, and with him always coming up short and as the guy that's on top in Tech Mobile over and over. And, like, I can tell you, like, I just feel like even in pro sports or quarterbacks, you know, like, there's barely any difference between the elites. Just things fall a certain guy's way, and that's how it goes. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like Dan Marino. You put him on some of the other teams mm-hmm. of his era. Yeah. Get him out of my family. He would have he won multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, he, he could have. You put him in San Francisco? Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, he might not have that day. He just never had the right the right surrounding cast. So, what was cool with you winning the tournament was, and it's easy for me to say this because I've won so many championships. But it's like when you get there, you gotta win it. And you know, Mers has been there a couple times, and he's had some just brutal defeats in the semifinal. You know, had he got through, had he. Because he really should have played in like four championship games instead of two, so if he was in those four, he may you know maybe he wins one or two. It's hard to get there when you get to that final four, and so when you get there, you gotta win. Because if next year if we get Team Canada in here, Mort's back, Ronnie Kruger from Louisville's uh, shoot, I lost a game to him recently, and when I was in Louisville, Kentucky, the field, if, if we get a few more of the big dogs down, it's, it's going to be so hard to get into the championship games. I think we, we talked about doing some sort of outreach to the Lincoln uh, TSB community, which yeah. I still think is a good idea. You know, if you, if you get more more types in there who are just very technically skilled, and yep. can pick up on the game easily. That makes the field a lot deeper. And those are games that a good player can lose. Yes. So, yeah, I'm with you 100%. I may never make the finals again. So, when I got there, I had to win it, baby. We had to, we had to bring that trophy to Fairbury. If I don't play well against Mort and throw a couple picks, I don't know that I'm beating him. You know, the game I lost to Ronnie Kruger, I went 4-0 one night against him and pretty much worked him in three of the four games. A couple nights later, we played one more time, and I threw a couple picks, and they were kind of just dumb picks wasn't lasered in, wasn't focused like I needed to be. And 
same situation. He had the ball late, and then I just couldn't make the plays on defense at the end, and he drove down and got a touchdown late to beat me. So no matter how good you are at Technobowl, you have to bring uh, your A game or at least your B plus, <laughs> you know, which I didn't have it in our game, and I wasn't able to match you that day. So Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a hell of a game. might be a once-in-a-lifetime deal, but I, you know, as I say, the trophy is in the living room, and it's kind of across the way from my chair where I sit when I'm watching TV or yeah. playing a game or doing something. And every once in a while, I kind of catch a glimpse of of it out of the corner of my eye, and I'll just smile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, we got it, man. We got it. Yeah, all my hardware's in the basement, so I don't even see it. So <laughs> it's always like <laughs> next one, next well, one. Yeah, it's always. I always uh, take a, a moment to admire it when I'm over at your place to play some some Tecmo, the uh, the trophy stand or the trophy. In it's on like a little table, isn't it? Yeah, I've been meaning to throw them up on a on a shelf or something up on the on the wall. So I need to, but it's gonna have to be a big shelf. So. <laughs> anyway, so plenty of room for more. Yeah, a big one. this is the one that that I always feel like got away from me, but. I had all these chances in the in the fourth quarter, just one play away. But you know, and there was one I won in Des Moines that if I was playing a little bit better of a player, I wouldn't have won that one. So I threw a few picks. And Aaron is a really he's one of the best players outside of our circle I've ever played. But in the second half, I got him figured out, his offense figured out, and I settled down offensively and and just played a flawless second half. But you know, if I threw those picks against you or Nate or whoever in that first half, um, I wouldn't have won that game, I don't think. So so uh I had the 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 planets aligned for me and I have at least one that, that I probably didn't exactly deserve, but I had to leg it out in the second half, so so it all evens out. Well, yeah, and nobody's no nobody's a hundred percent all the time, right? And it's coming yeah. through in those situations where you aren't playing perfectly is when uh-huh. Sets the sets the real ones apart, you know. Yeah, and you know, my wife was always like, "Oh, you you got this. You'll win this tournament." And you know, I'm due to to play poorly. I'm due to face a guy that calls the perfect offensive and defensive game. Um, I'm due to get hit with some kick returns. There's enough things that I can't control besides how I play. That you know, I've always told my wife, "I might not win this. You know, I, I know I keep winning them, but." Eventually, I'm due. I'm due to lose. So, you know, I feel that exact same way about uh, Richie. Okay, Richie has got something coming for me. I can feel it. <laughs> all right, and when and when it <laughs> when it gets here, he's going to humiliate me on some sort of stage. I don't know if it'll be at a tournament or you know just a, a get together that we have, but he's going to wax me because he is long overdue we split the first four games we ever played he's beat me i think twice since then and this was a couple of years ago and i haven't lost to him since you know and uh i you know what he beat me on switch he if he hears this he'll be mad that i didn't point out that he beat me on switch stopped me at the goal line oh wow to win that game i don't know i never i beat you on switch i didn't really consider that legitimate. Nintendo has not done a great job with their servers. I haven't played in a long time. Maybe it's better. But it just was not a great experience. 
And it's certainly not the same as sitting shoulder to shoulder with someone and and playing them. But he has, okay, so he's beaten me on Switch. But in person, he hasn't beaten me in a couple of years. And so it's coming. And when it gets here, it's going to be bad, my prediction. <laughs> I, he was in my group, and so I, I 31-pointed him or whatever the, the mercy rule was. Uh, not that I I was taking him I wasn't taking him lightly, but it, there wasn't pressure in group play. But I just kind of got to smash him and and go on about my business. So, uh, but yeah, if Richie gets the he needs the right matchup or because he's beaten me a couple times, but he definitely needs he needs the planets to align in a lot of different ways with matchup and this and that. But when he gets that you get into a really tough game with them and you're like, Oh, this is, and then it's like, you know, in the middle of the third quarter that it's not going to go easy. Well, and you know, until prior to Mersey punting me from Papillion all the way back to Fairbury the week before the tournament, uh, probably the worst loss I ever had was against Richie. And it was, I think it was the last time he ever beat me. We had done that thing where we all drafted teams Right, and we, yeah. we kept getting delayed, so we had months to prepare for this, right? So Richie came down to Fairbury and we were playing and one of my teams was Indy and he was Seattle, I remember distinctly. And he beat me like twenty one to six and made me look like an absolute fool. <laughs> uh, just play picked the play picked the hell out of me. I couldn't stop him. <laughs> and it really kind of gave me the gifts with Indy. It really destroyed my confidence and my ability to to run that team. And I had the uh, I had a friend here in town who was kind enough to come over and play me in some tech mode just so I could try and get back on my feet with Indy. But Richie can he can pull off a stunner. He'll need some breaks. It's definitely a possibility. Well, when you play Richie in a big game, I don't recommend you let him have Chicago in player one. Right. So, which yeah, I would say that, that about that, that would be the priority. I'd say that about any most of, most of the really good players, but but that's where you know Richie. Gosh, he's been a monster on kick return. So, well, I guess we're uh, getting a little long here on the podcast. That's okay. We might break this up into a couple ones. To our listeners at home, thank you for checking out the uh, kind of the in depth. We kind of went pretty in depth on on the the tournament here. With the with the matchups yeah, we that we played in, so that's good. Um, next year, we're looking at an early May date for the 2020 Tech Mobile and RBI Baseball Tournament in Omaha, Nebraska. If you live out a state or two or three or four states away, consider coming, man. We had seven states represented. Guy driving from Arkansas. We've had people flying from Canada. Judd from Fort Collins, Colorado makes the eight-hour drive. Columbia, Missouri, you know, so we have guys that are starting to make these incredibly long treks to come to this tournament, and it's year after year. Mike Beals, for example, has come from Chicago three years in a row. It's a six-hour drive, so so it's a long tournament. You're going to face really good competition. You're also going to face a lot of people that aren't that good, <laughs> so uh, you get a mixed bag. Well, Ben, appreciate you uh, sitting down and reveling in your championship and uh, <laughs> Mersey and myself will be uh, gunning for you at the next tournament. Yeah, I told I told Amanda when I got home, I was like, God help me the next time I have to play Brad. <laughs> it's it's going to be a rough one. Well, There's going to be a lot of pent-up rage released on me, I think. I just have to, but, be, uh, I have to be focused, that's all. It's, and when I played Nate, there was a couple dumb things I did. I just... 
some reason I was not 100% laser slit throats focused that day. And that's kind of out of character for me. And, you know, it is what it is. But it just goes to show as much as I've won in tournaments, everything I've accomplished, um, I got to be A plus to, to win these things, you know, because that's, I feel like there's a misconception when, when I'm on podcasts and when I'm on guests on YouTube channels, people just think like I show up and I win. And I don't think people realize like how hard these tournaments are to win. Dude, it's hard. It's hard to win. You know, like I get uh, so anxious at the start of every game, right? Even, even ones that I'm like 99% sure that I'm going to win. You know, against someone who who hasn't played in a long time, it's every every game is a test, right? And yeah. you know, some of them are over by the end of the first quarter for sure. Oh yeah, but you don't know that when it starts. <laughs> you don't know how it's going to go. So there's ten or fifteen minutes there of every single game where it's like, you know, until until I get up a couple of scores, it's there's no relaxing and it's not oh, yeah. a ton of fun in the moment. As I said, well, it's fun when it's over, as Me- long as you win. Remember when I played Jay Jorgensen last year, and it was like 7-7 at <laughs> halftime? And Jay was, yeah. he, he would have finished, I mean, we didn't have this set up at that time last year, but he would have finished like, you know, somewhere between 12th and 16th place had we played the whole thing out. Um, so he wasn't, you know, one of the better players, and... uh like it took into the, I finally put them away like 21 seven mid fourth quarter. So sometimes (laughs) even though you're severely over, your opponent is severely overmatched. Sometimes the flow of the game and just some stuff happens and you can't separate and it's frustrating because you're like, man, I should be killing this guy by like five touchdowns right now. So even, even those games can be a challenge. Um, All right, man. Well, I guess we'll call this podcast a wrap. And uh, it's been good talking to you. And uh, hope to see you soon so we can get in some tech on That sounds good to me. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you on the next podcast. <laughs>